Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah. Welcome back to the You Only Live Twice podcast. I'm Dr. Ray. This is Dr. Marwa. Alhamdulillah, we're, we're flying. We're a duo today. We're missing Jess, but Alhamdulillah, she'll be back next week, inshallah. Um, so I want to pick right up where we left off. We're not going to leave with any suspense or anything like that, right? So we are many, many weeks removed from Will Smith's situation where he slapped Chris Rock. Um, but I have been dying to have a conversation about your reaction, your thoughts, and let's like break this down Islamically, psychologically. Mm -hmm. What was your immediate reaction to seeing this? Yeah, I mean, I think it, for me, it was initially confusion. Um, when I first like saw the reaction, I was like, oh, he's laughing. So yeah. you initially feel like you just feel kind of taken aback by the shift in his reaction after he looked at his wife and then um and then it went to that opposite extreme and you know whenever you see something like that you think of like you think that there's a disconnect here right like this person is not being himself he's not he's not really being authentic in that moment you could tell like how do you go i mean i understand that sometimes Sometimes when you're in that environment and you're in a like a laughing kind of mood or there's already jokes in place and things like mm -hmm. that, I understand that sometimes people can can laugh at something and then then take a moment to think about it. But I think and then they're like, wait, wait, that wasn't funny. Wait, you know, yeah. but I think in this moment it wasn't that I think it was that he looked at her and she he saw that reaction. And then and then I felt almost like he felt that if he didn't do something in that moment, he would have been lesser in her eyes or lesser of a yes. man, or, you know? Yes. So yeah, it was initially confusing and it makes you sad too. Like obviously not excusing his behavior, but it just makes you sad to, to see somebody. It's like, you could feel like he's, he was broken down. Yes. And so look, I have a lot of those same reactions too, right? Mm -hmm. I was confused. I didn't know what happened. I woke up and found mm -hmm. a message from my brother with the video. And I I was like, wait, this, this doesn't make any sense, yeah. right? But first of all, I was very angry when I saw it. Really? Right? Mm -hmm. I, was, I was hot when I saw it, only because I don't like to see people get picked on, mm -hmm. right? And and I I immediately felt like, Will Smith did that to somebody who's not a tough guy. Hmm. So now we, you know, growing up, we used to say you're picking and choosing. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, you you're ducking other people and then you're choosing other people, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. But for yeah. him, to, to me, it felt like bullying, right? Mm -hmm. And you choose someone who you know is not going to fight you back. And you and you you don't. Immediately in my mind, I wanted to put on Instagram, but you know, I'm trying to be all that, you know. Like, yeah. Go on Instagram. I'm like, then show us the video of you, uh, of you slapping the guy who slept with your wife. Yeah, exactly. Send us, send us the video of you and him squaring up in your house after he was sleeping with your wife for however long he was messing around. You know, like if you just, if you really hitting people for disrespecting your wife, which you won't find. And to me, that's really what upset me, like picking and choosing and picking on people. It felt like, you know, like Will Smith took out his anger and frustration on somebody who he knew wasn't going to fight him back. Mm. And we see this a lot in counseling, you know, yeah. people punch down. Yeah. And 
to me, that's what it felt. It felt like what I feel like when abusers abuse people. Yeah. Right. Like you're you're picking on someone who you know is probably not going, and you have the element of surprise. Mm-hmm. The whole thing. And after a few days, you know, a lot of other thoughts started to come to mind. Um, I did a video about Chadwick Boseman uh, when he passed away. Mm-hmm. Um, I talked about um, how people were making fun of him online when the, the when the pictures of him being very very thin. Right, and he looked sick, and people were teasing him and making fun of him. I don't know if you knew about that. Did you ever see that? I didn't know they were making fun of him. No. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, you know the memes and stuff like I mean, that. At the time, before they knew that he yeah, had cancer. Yeah, nobody knew because nobody had seen him for a long time. Yeah. And then the picture came out with him, and his face was standing like he just looked like a rail. Yeah. Right? And everybody's going crazy, tease him, tease him, tease him. Then he died, like, right after that. Like, maybe, like, a couple mm-hmm. of weeks after that, then he died. Boom, out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. And so I made a video about, like, how on social media we entertain ourselves with what we see from the people. And we don't know, right, that we're entertaining ourselves with their suffering. We don't know what's going on with them. We didn't know why he looked like that. It wasn't for a role. People were speculating. Is it for a role? You know, who's what's going on? Yeah. And then it immediately started to occur to me, like, while I'm not giving Will a pass, because he did say it was a sucker move, like nothing's mm-hmm. going to change that. But then I started to think to myself, have we been entertaining ourselves with his pain too? Yeah. Right. Like mm-hmm. we make fun of him and we tease him, and, and I'm, 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 you know, guilty of it too, making fun of him. I get the memes and we laugh and joke, and it just. <laughs> You know, it, 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 yeah. it, huh? Go ahead. No, no, I said I was laughing because you made me think of the memes. <laughs> yes, yeah, and it, 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 it's it's funny, and but but yeah. because it's funny and we're so detached from the lived experience of the person, you know, we don't know emotionally, psychologically what we're what they're going through and how much we add to it. Yeah, you know what I mean by by joking and laughing about them, and and to me, he seemed like like you said. Mm-hmm. He's a broken man. Yeah. Right? Like he's just, he's just, he's had enough. And he he did that. It felt like he was powerless. You know yeah. what I mean? And this is this is the exasperation at having been powerless for so long. You just lash out. Yeah. You know, there was a moment, you know, the moment when he was saying, get your, you know, get my wife. Yeah. yeah. He looked scared. If you really take a look at that, like that clip and you see, like, I feel like that that's somebody who is mustering courage, as much courage as they could in that moment to say what they needed to say. But I don't know. His eyes looked scared to me for some yeah. reason. And it looked like he was afraid of even that moment, you know, and like afraid yeah. of what he was doing in that moment. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's sad. And I really appreciate what you said about, you know, us just nowadays being desensitized, you know, to other people's, and it's true, like, we get these memes, and we laugh, and, um, you know, like, sometimes you watch these clips, and I'm thinking even just for me, like, um, you know, watching, like, a, like, people, you know, a meme, or a video, mock, like, you know, making a, like, a, making fun, or, like, making light of a situation, and things like that, and, and we do laugh, right, and, yeah. um, and you just, and I think that's just, that's just like the harm of 
this online world nowadays is that you end up, you end up, you know, being desensitized a little bit. Like you feel other people's pain. And I, and I definitely am connected, like feel other people's pain as well. But I think what's happening is that in the world we live in, I think people feel other people, they feel like, okay, this person's struggling, but it's when you don't know the context and you don't have that knowledge, you, you just always like, there's this assumption that you can just like, it's free range to yeah. like laugh and, and yeah. I'm just laughing. What am I doing? Yeah. They, they're putting it out there. And what we don't really yeah. realize, you think of the Prophet Sallallahu where he talks mm -hmm. about that. We can say something that to us is very light, but with Allah is very weighty. And, yeah. and it just, it reminds me that we're, we're not watching Will Smith and mm -hmm. Jada and their nonsense. We're watching a woman destroy a man, mm. right? And we don't we don't really always take that into consideration. Mm -hmm. This is the idea, you know, the Prophet وسلم, you know, cursing the woman who makes the private relationship, especially the intimate relationship between a husband and a wife, yeah, known. You know, talking mm -hmm. about it to the people, to their friends, all of these kinds of things. Mm -hmm. And it, you know, the more I thought about it, you know, over the day that I saw it and was seeing all of the reactions, I started thinking to myself, Alhamdulillah for Islam. Yeah. Alhamdulillah for Islam that guides us and protects us because when when whatever their issue was that got out, got out, you're mm -hmm. supposed to wrap that up, cover that up. We're not talking about it. And they went the other way. Mm -hmm. You know, they were like, we're going to talk about it more and we're going to go into it more. And you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And and yeah. let all of that stuff out. You can see how it was destroying Will. Mm -hmm. I don't know a lot about that situation. I just oh. I do remember I do remember uh, seeing something, a clip or something, people saying that she she's talking about that private life on her uh, table talk. But I don't I, I didn't I didn't assume it was true. I just thought people were just saying that about her. No, yeah. no, she was, she had him on. She, I mean, what, whenever opportunity she got to talk about it, mm -hmm. she talked about it. And you can see him, it wasn't necessarily that he was talking about it. It felt like more he was being confronted about it. Mm. It's interesting you say that because after the Will Smith situation, after this whole uh, situation with Chris Rock, um, I was looking. I was looking at some clips that people started to share about Jada's uh, lives yeah. with Will, and there was one that really was just made me uncomfortable. Where she just went live and basically, like, she goes up to him and she's asking him these questions, and he doesn't answer her questions on while she's on live. She, he she he says he talk he says something about like that he would like some notice or like he yeah. would like her to respect. I don't remember the words exactly, but something about like. He, he'd like a heads up before she puts him on the spot yeah. like that, basically. And she continued to to videotape him. And then and then she responds and she makes light, make, minimizes it. And she says, yeah. um, OK, like basically like almost as if Will is the one who has the attitude. Yeah. And that's <laughs> see, that's stuff like that really bothers me when people like when people minimize other people's feelings when it's right in front of them. And I, and I think like in that situation, that's a breach of boundary once again. Mm -hmm. So it kind of reflects that what you're talking about. I didn't hear her do, do the, uh, like, um, you know, talk about uh, breach that boundary in, in the other light that a lot of people are talking about. But I, I saw this and I was like, Hmm, this is, this is her 
not respecting his boundaries. Yep. And and he you could tell he's really uncomfortable. And he's just almost frozen. It's that same feeling. You, you feel like he's he's frozen. He, you know, it reminded me of a person who's scared of conflict and scared yes. to speak up for himself. Like yes. almost like a someone who struggles with codependency, right? Like somebody who's like, like, like they're attached to this person. And, you know, they need this person for their worth. And they're so afraid of losing this person, so afraid of abandon, like so afraid of conflict because they're so used to conflict from her that I I felt like he was trying to communicate what he wanted <laughs> without like hurting Deprodizing her. Jeopardizing the relationship. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. if he like you could tell he was holding back. He was like trying, he was like really like, you know, yeah. scared. Yeah. And, and 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 again, that speaks to I think that that speaks to a lot. You know, I, I can see the codependency that you're talking about, mm -hmm. but there's also an element of emasculation. Yes. You yeah. know, and and so when you mentioned it earlier, <clears throat> you know, to see that he went up there and he Cypress Rock more because he was responding to her, mm -hmm. right? It's like where is him, right? Yeah. Where is he as a person? And again, it's not we're not in their minds to know. But in, in, in the, to give everybody some context about why we're talking about this, because I, we want you to look at your relationships. Yeah. What kind of dynamic, you know, do I have something similar to? Because there's nothing I can tell you, Marwa, as a man. And this is mm -hmm. one thing we, inshallah, we'll cover this as a, as a discussion topic and episode. It, yeah. it's, it is actually, believe it or not, with all of the privilege of being a man, mm -hmm. there is a lot of like, emotional difficulty, hardship, yeah. like stress and weight of being a father, of being a provider, of being a husband. Yeah. That a lot of that stuff doesn't get attended to. Mm -hmm. Right. And just like women lose their identities and their relationships, you know, you, you become a parent and a, and a spouse and all that. It can be easy to lose yourself. I think that yeah. a lot of men experience the same thing too. Yeah. And, I, and, I, and, there's, and there's nothing, there's nothing more devastating then feeling like your wife does not respect you as a man. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because that's my whole role, right? Mm -hmm. Like as, as much as we could be woke about it, right? Mm -hmm. My role is as the man, the husband, you know, the provider, the protector, you know, part of the backbone of the family. And when you usurp that from me, and I again, I can't address it with you. I can't. You know what I'm saying? Like I, I can't lash out, whatever for whatever reason. Mm -hmm. It starts to eat you alive. It starts yeah. to eat you alive. And and I'm while you're talking, I'm remembering um, the red table talk with her and Will, and how much it's weird. It's mm -hmm. gaslighting, like Olympian mm -hmm. gaslighting. Mm -hmm. She's sitting with him so they can talk about the affair that she won't call an affair and she won't admit what she did and didn't do. Why does she have this man on TV then? Why invite me here to have this conversation with you about what happened? Mm -hmm. You won't tell me what happened and you won't acknowledge the details of what happened. And so you just brought me here to gaslight me and to see me squirm. That's so scary to me. That's like... <laughs> That's just like, oh my God, just, I didn't watch it. I'm going to have to go watch it now and see like oh, how, how that dynamic was, it's but painful. that is Bill, just really disturbing. You know, Bill Maher, he brought up, um, he brought up the, the idea of toxic femininity, mm -hmm. right? 
And I know that we get a lot of trouble around like blaming women for things, but the reality of it is, is there are toxic men and there are toxic women, mm-hmm. right? And we should be allowed to say that- They're both. Woman, yes, a woman being toxic doesn't mean that a woman has to say to me, what about toxic men? Okay, they're gonna get episode five. Like, let's do that, right? Like, <laughs> that. Yeah. But yeah. like this, this is the this is a reality that actually exists. It is, yeah. And and a lot of men, their pain is unseen. Mm-hmm. You've seen this. I've seen it a lot. Yeah. A lot of men, their pain is unseen because we're almost desensitized mm-hmm. to the reality of what men go through. Because every man is seen as being from amongst the toxic people. So whatever he goes through from a woman, he must have put her through it. It must be some somehow his fault. He's not telling you the whole truth and so on. But sometimes the reality of it is, is that you you have someone who is unwell. Yeah. You mean the part, your partner? Like yeah. That yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. I mean, oh, my God. There's so much to unpack here. I think that, yeah, it is a sensitive issue. And I think that there's a sensitivity about talking about toxic feminism, toxic femininity, right? And it's because and 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 it's because of the shift in the world and it's because of a lot of hurt and pain that many women received at the hands of men, right? And I mm-hmm. think but what happened is I think what leads to toxic feminism or toxic, you know, femininity is that when you you respond to something by going to the opposite extreme, right? Yeah. And so yeah. sometimes, you know, a lot of times people will like will ask me like um, you know, are you a feminist? Like I've gotten that question before, which is strange that people just like ask you that. Right. Like, and I'll always say like, it depends what kind of feminism you're talking about. I I can't just give an answer because there's different, there's different perspectives of feminism. There's different, um, models of it. There's different perceptions of it. And so like, I always respond with, if you're talking about a God centered feminism, where I understand that I'm equal, but I'm different. And I understand mm-hmm. my value is not based on me being the same as a, as a man or that I have to demean men in order for me to feel valued or worthy in society. Then, um, you know, wait, yeah. Like, so I'm not, it's not, that's not the kind of feminism, right. So that, that we're talking about. So I definitely see like this extreme shift and I see a lot of double standards, especially when you work with people who have, um, you know, difficulty in their relationship, you see it now where it's like the opposite end where you see because of this fear of being a toxic masculine man and, mm-hmm. fear of you know, fitting that mold that society now is fitting, uh, is putting men into. And it's like, they're afraid. A lot of men are afraid. And again, this can go, this can go both ways. Right. But, but it's, it's the same. You have to say that. It's the that same. Experience, you have to make sure you say yeah. that. Yeah. See, we have to say that. Yeah. But that experience is existing for men and and that experience is there. You know, there are a lot of men who feel like they can't talk about their pain because that makes them weak. Right. Or they feel like if there's just double standards where it's like, you know, for example, as you were talking about the Will Smith thing, I'm just wondering if the tables were turned and it was Will Smith talking about Jada and their intimate relationship. Oh my God. 
the world would have reacted. Social yeah. media would have reacted. That's yeah. so disrespectful. How can you talk about her like that? You are, that's like abusive, right? Black men don't respect their queens. Da, da, da. Yeah, exactly. yeah. Like they would have, right? So they would have, they yeah. would have twisted it and they would have. So there's a lot of things happening now where sometimes I take a step back and I say like, if it was the opposite, how would we react? And, and just from that, asking that question, I know that there's a double standard. Same thing yeah. with like, um, you know, this is a whole other issue that we can get into another time, but like the whole, like, if you look at like shows, movies, like a lot of the, like a lot of shows, especially around family, it's so okay to, for a man, for a woman to slap a man. Yeah. It's normalized. <clears throat> it's normalized. It's almost like, and then, and then it's like, if the guy, like, it's like, if the guy gets upset, it's like, what, you're, you're not masculine yeah. enough to take yeah. that slap, yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know? So it's almost like get slapped. And being a man means that you like, you say nothing about it. Correct. So it's not even like that they're reacting and like slapping back. No, it's that it's that they're not even like, they're afraid to say like, Hey, that's not okay. You don't hit me. Yeah. And it's the same. It's as horrible as me hitting you, yep. you know? And it's like, this is happening a lot where now it's leading to a lot of domestic like abuse cases where men are the victims, but they don't speak up because society has normalized it and society has demasculated the man who is a victim of that. Yeah. You know, so that's, we can get into that a different time, but like, but yeah, there's just, there is a lot of double standards. And again, I, I appreciate you saying like men do have their privilege and that is something that also needs to be acknowledged and checked. But but yeah, it's like we should still be able to talk about, you know, just like toxic masculinity. We should be able to talk Correct. about toxic feminism and what that Correct. looks like as well. And and so, and I think that I think that what you're getting close to is is our, our discussion, inshallah, we're gonna talk about Johnny Depp. Oh, I yeah. never heard of <laughs> Yeah. We're getting, we're getting that's very close be interesting. That's like, look, and, and these are both examples of like you said, you know, your privilege gets thrown back at you. Yeah. Right? Like Oh, what are you going to do? You're going to tell someone, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like that this is happening to you. Who's going to believe you, right? Like who's going to, yeah. how are, and how are you going to look? Oh, aren't you going to be ashamed? That's what Amber gonna... said, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. And, and look, this is, but this is the same thing. This is the same thing that happens when you look at, when you look at sexual assault with, with Muslim women in particular, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. A lot of times the young girls, right? Like, so we're talking about teenage girls, right? College mm -hmm. age girls who get sexually assaulted, a lot of reasons why they don't come forward is because they're going to go to their families first before they go to anyone. And mm -hmm. they get a very, they're afraid that if you go and you say, mama, baba, this happened to me, that they're going to say, well, why were you there in the first place? Oh, you're bringing shame on the family and, yeah. and so on and so on and so on. Gonna and be blamed. So, so a lot of people take advantage of that, right? Mm -hmm. A lot of people know that you're probably, you're, you're vulnerable because you know, you have so many barriers to seeking justice mm -hmm. against me for what I've done to you. And this is somewhat in the same vein that with men, it's like, well, you really gonna embarrass yourself like that? Mm -hmm. You know, you're gonna go and put this out there that this is going on in your own home that you can't handle, you know, yeah. a woman in your, you know? And so a lot of guys will just kind of suffer through that and, and mm -hmm. deal with that and not know how to address it because how do I how do I address a woman who is being psychologically abusive, emotionally abusive, physically abusive? Right? Yeah. What what's my recourse? I know if it was a man, what I would do. Men yeah. know how to deal with men who are like that. 
But yeah. it's hard because we just fight it out, mm -hmm. right? You can't do that with a woman. And a lot of times you'll find that the men e are either coming from, you know, they got their own emotional trauma that puts them at a disadvantage in responding to it emotionally, or the only one way they know how to respond to these situations is with aggression and violence, which obviously is mm -hmm. the option that they take off the table. And so they just kind of remain stuck in the cycle. Yeah. Right. And so, you know, we got to, you know, we're going to, I want to transition inshallah to, to our next topic, but mm -hmm. I think that it bears so much more talking about. Yeah. Right. Like we, yeah. we really have to talk about the realities of for men and women, what it's like to be in these dynamics and, giving yeah. both people the tools to actually respond to them like yeah. in, in an emotionally effective way in an islamically um correct way in a way that obviously we want to please allah subhanahu wa ta'ala yeah um so look i want to bring this other issue up then right because mm -hmm. it feels like it dovetails very well mm -hmm. right so you talked about codependence right and mm -hmm. we have i i like to call it I've been saying this since like 2009. It's a shame mm -hmm. it's a problem uh, that we have this epidemic of flakiness, right? Mm -hmm. Like people, you know, when you meet with people, what's one of the number one complaints they bring to you is feeling so disconnected, mm -hmm. feeling like they don't have meaningful relationships. And so what I wanted to bring up was the idea that not only are we as people in general, especially Muslims, feeling disconnected from people, Mm -hmm. But because we feel so disconnected, we find ourselves vulnerable mm -hmm. to holding on to unhealthy relationships and, and doing unhealthy things in order to sustain them, right? We do drugs because we hold on to relationships that we shouldn't. Mm -hmm. We continue to accept mistreatment and abuse, you know, mm -hmm. um, uh, social pressure, um committing zina staying in a in a physical romantic relationship that we know that we shouldn't and, you know there's so many different things that we do um that are very very emotionally spiritually damaging for us mm -hmm. just so that we're not alone mm. right what what have been your experiences with this mm -hmm. and what's What's been your reaction to all of the the times that you've seen it come across to you? Yeah, you know it's interesting. I think one of the most like prevalent issues today is people feeling more isolated than ever. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if you've experienced this like more recently as a therapist in your your therapy work, but like I feel like more than ever than I've ever seen, people are extremely lonely and yes. extremely isolated. Yes, and it's, it's really like, it's really sad, disturbing, scary, because like, we are not meant to be isolated like that, no. you know, and I, and I think that, see, this is interesting, because I don't think the sole responsibility is also on the individual. I think if you look at Islam, right, there mm -hmm. is this concept of communal responsibility, collective responsibility to the individual. And there's that individual responsibility. Of course, Allah will hold a person responsible for what, for what is in his capacity, right? Correct. I think we're missing a lot of that community responsibility, to be honest mm -hmm. with you. People are walking into spaces where people don't say salamu alaikum to them. People <laughs> yeah. are not making space for people in Tarawih. People are... Um, 
going to gatherings and feeling like they're not like seen or heard yep. or acknowledged, yep. like basic etiquettes that we have, that we're taught part of the, you know, our communal responsibility are not being placed. Like I had someone recently tell me like, you know, I was sitting in a gathering and, and this person was really affected by this, that they were, she was sitting in a gathering and the other group of girls were just in a conversation while she was like in that group, but like, mm -hmm. left out. and I was thinking of the, the, what the prophet taught us that if there's two people, right. Like mm -hmm. uh, that if three people are sitting there, I'm, I'm paraphrasing. I'm just saying right. the meaning, right. That if there are three people in a gathering, basically that two people should not be like whispering That's right. to each other or saying something at the person. Right. And so these are things we have to be conscious of. We all may fall into it. Right. It's right. just being conscious of our responsibility. So what I'm seeing is that there are a lot of, people longing for that belonging longing for that sense of community longing for and it's just it's becoming very superficial people are more flakier than ever i can't begin to tell you how many of my clients will say things like i made plans and the person they didn't show what should i do like do, am, is it is it okay for me to be upset that like they yeah. didn't get back to me or whatnot you know um and i'm just like like that's hurtful, you know, like it's yeah. valid, like, but in the world we live in, it's almost like the, it's almost like society's gaslighting. Yes. <laughs> it's almost like we don't need to show up. We don't need to stay true to our, our word. We don't need to, to be consistent. We can be flaky. And if you have a problem with it and you actually communicate it, you're the problem. You're making trouble. Why are you, make, making, why are you making a big deal out of this? Why don't you just yeah. let me do what I want to be doing? no matter how much it affects you. Exactly, exactly. So I think there's so much like gaslighting going on where people yep. are nefsy nefsy and they don't want, you know, and, I, and I'm sure we've had those experiences, right? Where like you communicate to someone, hey, listen, like this is, these are my boundaries, like, or like not even you say those words, but like, hey, you know, next time you don't show up, just let me know. Talk to me. <laughs> just send yes. me a text. And they yes. get upset, you know? And it's just like, you makes you, I, you know, I've def I personally been in that position where like, you know, you, I wait, I, I wait a few times to see if this happens again or whatever. And then if it, if it's something that's consistent, then I'll say like, Hey, listen, like I understand things come up, but let me know. And I've had experiences where the person gets upset and it just, it, it catches you off guard. Right. You're yeah. like, you're like, Oh my God, you know, wait, Am like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so I think this, that, 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 so I, I can relate to that feeling. And, yeah. but when I see, I'm seeing it now, you have no idea. Like, Almost every week. All the time. No, I, All the time. That's, that's, yes. People's biggest tests right now, I have to say, are other people. Yes. The, the way really, we treat each other. And the way they were, were, were treated. Yeah. And this feeling that keeps this, this like um, feeling that I keep seeing nowadays, it's very consistent in people. It's just feeling unseen and unheard. They mm -hmm. feel invisible. They feel lonely. And, you know, we know the psychology of loneliness and how that exacerbates other struggles and exacerbates, you know, um, symptoms of depression. It, it just, it, it really does like, yes. we're not, we're, we're meant to have halwa with Allah, alone time with Allah. We're meant to sit with ourselves. We're meant to have a balance of having time with ourselves, but we're not meant to be isolated. Yes. And deprived, so, deprived. deprived of yeah. social contact and, and meaningful yeah relationships but but look that speaks to what you're saying mm -hmm. the importance of it speaks to why we're willing to go to such lengths 
Yeah. To hold on to a bad situation. That's right. Yeah. Where the reality is, is that we're getting hurt twice. We get mm -hmm. hurt by what the person is doing to make us feel unimportant, like we don't matter, unworthy, mm -hmm. you know, and it and it a lot of times reinforces we got into the situation because we might have had a self-esteem issue. And then their treatment of us reinforces ideas we have in our head. Right. And then yes. on top of that, we acquiesce to them. You know, they treat us poorly and we accept it, hoping that we're going to get better because of it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so that hurts us, and then we never do. Yeah. I've been so patient with what you've been doing to me, hoping that one day you would just you would understand how I feel. And you're never part of it is to recognize you got to change this dynamic because you're never going to get that. Yeah, that's a hard thing to accept yes. for a lot of people. Yeah. Unless some external thing comes along and forces that person to realize what they're doing and mm -hmm. realize the value of changing. Mm hmm. They're not just going to voluntarily do it. Now, you talked about uh, boundaries, mm -hmm. right? And and so I want you to I want you to talk about like just the importance of it, even Islamically what Allah has explained to us, laid out for us in our religion about the importance of boundaries. Yeah, I mean, I all I you know when I whenever I think of boundaries from an Islamic perspective, I always think of Surah Al Hajarat for some like that's the first that's the first surah that always comes up in my heart because it's like that's the surah where we're we're taught to like how to approach uh, the prop how the people were were taught to approach the Prophet them, right? But we have in our faith like such an emphasis on respect for other people other people's boundaries. Like when you go to someone's house and you knock on their door, you have to step back after you knock on their door to give them space. So you're not all in their space, right? And like you, you know, there's just so much like respect, even like just that example I gave with like when there's people in a gathering, right? Like you, you just you're there's just like this emphasis of being considerate. Yes. Consideration, you know. <laughs> I think that's what aggravates people a lot. It's not necessarily that people make mistakes. It's not necessarily, it's that, it's that when people don't, aren't cultivating hearts that are considerate of other hearts. Yep. And I think that's what creates that feeling of like feeling hurt and upset. It's like, did you not even think of me? Yeah. <laughs> you don't mean that my feelings think, matter. Yeah. Did you not even think of how I might feel in that situation? And yeah. I think, it's becoming such a nefsi nefsi culture, me, me, me culture where people are becoming less able to like put themselves in other people's shoes. Like yeah. when, you know, my client was telling me about the situation about her being in that group and the group left. And I, uh, you know, was thinking like, oh, I like, let me like put myself in that group. Let's see like what kind of trying to give her like a different ways. But then, you know, but thinking about it, I'm like, that's that's really hard. Like I can't imagine yeah. being in a group, seeing somebody who was part of our group, and us like you know getting you know what I mean, and us not including her or whatever. It just you know, so it's like it's like, but these things are happening more and more. And I think for a lot of people who are doing that work and who are people who are not naturally considerate or are who were taught these values, it's hard for them to accept, like you said, that reality that there are just some people who don't. Yes. Yes. And you can't some you can't you can communicate, but you can't force people right. to change. You and, know? And, and you have to be willing to let them go because what you get from letting them go, which is our our ultimate worst fear, mm -hmm. but what you get by letting them go, the self-respect that you get from being able to establish that boundary. Right. And, 
And your ability to bring that to your next relationship where you're able to communicate that verbally, yeah. non-verbally to people mm -hmm. by the way that you carry yourself, the relationships that you will and will not even entertain or allow yourself to get involved in. Mm -hmm. That's going to be more valuable for you long-term than whatever yeah. it is that you're going to get by holding on to this person short-term that when they're done with you, they're going to use you up and be gone. Yeah. yeah. Right? Because there's one thing that we didn't, uh, that I want to bring up, right? Mm-hmm. We we are, even as Muslims, unfortunately, mm -hmm. we are a people who really struggle with accountability. Mm -hmm. I think that it is such a part of at least American culture, mm -hmm. right? Now you will find this in all Americans, right? Egyptian mm -hmm. Americans, Asian Americans, Black Americans. Mm -hmm. You will find it all throughout us. And I don't know about other countries to, to speak on that, but I know whoever's here. Mm -hmm. really struggles, no matter what nationality you're coming from or any of that kind of stuff, whatever your cultural background is, yeah. I think it be relatively universal. Mm -hmm. We don't like to be held accountable. The reason I say that that's American culture is because in American culture, you have freedom, mm. right? And that freedom is interpreted as, I have freedom to do what I want, mm -hmm. right? And are you impinging on my freedom to do what I want? And we've taken it to such an extreme that I'm free to do what I want, even at your expense, hmm. even if it hurts you. And don't force me to have to adjust who I am and what I'm doing and who I'm being if it affects you or if it hurts you. Hmm. Right? It's, it's kind of like a... 30,000 square, 30,000 foot view of it, but really on the individual level, it's, I told you I was going to be here on a certain day and I was going to meet you there on a certain day. Mm -hmm. And I just flaked on you, period. I just didn't show up. And then when you bring it up to me, oh my God, then let's just not be friends then. Mm. <laughs> right? <laughs> Unless that's their solution. The solution isn't, you You know what, you're right. And I should have communicated with you. The solution is, well, then don't be my friend. Mm. Don't stay connected to me if you need me to be better towards you. Yeah. If you can't handle me mistreating you, <laughs> you can't handle me mistreating you. You're not okay with that. Oh my <laughs> <You know? laughs> or, yeah. or I hit you with the Jedi mind trick and mm -hmm. I get you to start caretaking me. Mm -hmm. Oh my God, I'm just the worst friend. And mm -hmm. you know, they're all these things. What are they gonna say? Yeah, then you you're I I I personally like you know ha had that situation where like then you go into that mode of like no you're a great friend you're nice you know it's like you know, you know what I mean it's like yeah it's interesting but it happens a lot for a lot of people that and and, and unfortunately you know when you don't do the work on yourself a lot of times people don't like they're just they're just guilt they're just uncomfortable with being yeah. addressed that they're they're fighting and doing whatever it is from guilt to manipulation to whatever it is to just make that person you know not feel like make that person back off so they don't feel have to feel what they yeah. did was wrong you know yeah. and so projecting right and you know what's funny I feel like, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm going to change the subject. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but I feel like that contributes to our inability 
to find out what are the Islamic limits of being assertive, hmm. right? Because no one knows people, and I find this a lot, that people feel trapped. Yes. Right? Oh, trapped, you said, right? You said trapped. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I have to be pious, you know, I have to be kind with the believers and I must be understanding and, and fear mm -hmm. Allah and gracious and all of these things. But what yeah. happens is I used to say, don't abuse my piety. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. Don't don't abuse my. Oh, ain't you supposed to fear Allah? My God. People accept a lot of mistreatment because they've kind of taken this dichotomous it's all or nothing approach yeah to setting a boundary standing your ground communicating what's acceptable or not mm -hmm. and or i'm just afraid to hurt someone's feelings yeah and i'm making myself responsible for your feelings and so if you mistreat me or you're not good to me mm -hmm. and i say it to you if if i hurt your feelings or you're offended by it, no matter how or what i said even if I bring it to you in the best way, if you're upset about it, I'm responsible now to, to resolve that. Right. Yeah. Because I want to be a good Muslim. Mm -hmm. Go ahead. Sorry. No, no, no. I'm, I'm taking it all in. I'm just, you know, like, honestly, it's funny because I just launched like uh, my codepend a codependency program. Uh -huh. right? Recently. And one of the perfect. reasons why I even decided to launch is because I, I feel like codependency is one of those things that can be easily masked by the spiritual experience, oh. by the religious experience. So many Muslims are struggling with codependency. And the reason, you know, codependency gets stronger if yeah. it's masked, if it's hidden. Yeah. And so I think for a lot of people, it went unnoticed. It went, it was almost taken as like, oh, this is normal because I'm being good. <laughs> I'm being good to other people. I'm, I'm prioritizing other people. And for so many people, it's like Islam is abused, not used. Islam yeah. is abused as a mask for our wounds, you know, That's and right. with codependency, it's one of the easiest ways to do that because it's about putting other people yes. <laughs> before you. Yes. So it's so easy to be like, but I'm being a good Muslim. I'm, I, I stayed quiet because, uh, you know, Allah doesn't like those who argue. <laughs> yes. This is a sublimation. Mm -hmm. In psychology, it's a sublimation. Yeah. You find a socially acceptable way to do yeah. a socially unacceptable thing. Yeah. We know that accepting this treatment is unacceptable. And mm -hmm. so we hide it in yeah. our deen. Hide Islam, yeah. In our deen. As opposed to the importance of the deen, which is accountability. We yes. are each responsible for our own selves. Mm -hmm. and, and, and the result that you're getting from me is a consequence mm -hmm. of what you have given to me. I, so one thing I try to teach people a lot is, mm -hmm. and I, I know we have to wrap up in a minute, inshallah, is, you know, to to explain to people the consequences of what they're getting and then give them those consequences. Because when you don't, you teach people that there is no consequence. Or right. it's like, it's kind of like a casino. Mm -hmm. The reason people keep pulling the, the you know, the, the slot machine lever is because mm -hmm. you never know which one is going to be the jackpot. And so people will keep coming to you if they know that there's no consequence. They're yeah. going to keep coming to you and they're going to say, well, I'm just going to pull a lever and see what I get. You yeah. know, it's no this time. Okay. 20 minutes later, I'm going to pull it again. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yes. Right. And so I'm going to keep doing that. If I know eventually 
mm-hmm. I'm going to get paid out. Right. Right. And so when you decide that you're not going to do that, you got to explain to people it's no. Mm-hmm. And this is going to be the consequence. And what you're going to get paid out, you can bank on. And you're not right. going to like. Right. Right. And mm-hmm. go ahead. Oh, no. I, I was just going to say that, like, you know, it's interesting because. Like when people over apologize, for example, whenever like people, yeah. people are like the second they say do they do something, they're always apologizing or not yeah. even when they do something. If you're like if you're when you struggle with codependency, you feel like you're responsible. So you apologize. Yeah. Or if you're always the person that's like, you know, um, like that. I like that example of the lever thing. Right. Like if people are always used to you being the person who they can walk all over or they can you can. Oh, there! Like he's gonna always apologize, or he's gonna always, you know what I mean? Yeah. People, unfortunately, like learn by how, like how we treat, how we respond, right? Yeah. Like we teach people in a sense, and I kind of, I'm a little hesitant to even say that statement because I, I, I don't want people taking responsibility for other people's behavior. Right. Right. But how it's we learn from that, right? And we learn how to then adjust. And I want to say that, like. In Islam, Islam does not promote codependency. You asked me a question earlier about like what, how much assertiveness. I actually think by definition, assertiveness is on its own completely okay because it's actually already in the middle spot, right? So like it's already in the balance. So there isn't, we don't need to adjust assertiveness. In fact, assertiveness is that middle space between aggression and then on the other end, passiveness, right? So like- you, when you work with people on anger management, you, a lot of times you'll see what happen is they'll be really, they'll start off on the one extreme where they'll be really angry. Yeah. And then in their work, they'll go all the they way to passiveness where they're now afraid to be angry. Correct. And then you want to get them to that middle ground where it's yeah. like, you can be angry, but you don't have to express it in that aggressive way. And right. I don't think anger itself is really the issue. I mean, I think that as human beings, like in Islam, we're not, we're like, if, if we never get angry, we're never, we don't have a backbone. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like there's going to be a leaf in the wind. Right. And yes. like, like yes. if, if things that upset Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala do not upset us, for example, Correct. Correct. you know, and, and that's the key, right. To be more to your anger, to let it be in line with what is what is with yeah. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, you know, what really affects people, what affects your own, your own sense of well-being as well, you know? And I think that what's happening now, and it's like people are not even just scared of being, I think in their fear of being aggressive, they are, they, they're also afraid to just speak up. And in, if we look at the Sira, and this is, I think just the power, the miracle of the Sira is that the Sira shows you the real life examples of these right. lessons right. and so my favorite companion is Omar ibn al-Khattab <laughs> because I feel like he perfected assertiveness Allah. and he's if and it's interesting right because we talked about people's upbringing and backgrounds like how that impacts their their psychology but Omar ibn al-Khattab he had a he had a very aggressive father yes Right. And he had a father who was abusive. Right. Like who would call him names. Right. Mm-hmm. And Omar talked about how his father didn't give him like a kind word, you know, and like, you know, he like his father would beat him as well. Mm-hmm. So but Omar, he he if you look at his like his his life and his interactions, you see like 
he was very self-accountable and you could see yeah. how like he was very critical of himself but he was assertive he wasn't he didn't transgress the rights of people yeah. but he was also someone not to be trifled with not to be trifled with yeah and they knew yeah. they knew that he wasn't like abu Bakr, right yeah. and abu Bakr who wasn't a pushover mm -hmm. it, see people think like oh if you're kind you're no no it's they i think abu Bakr was assertive mm -hmm. you know and i think that omar was assertive it's just different approaches and so we need to normalize being assertive and i think yes. that's in in our deen being able to speak up like you know in, in you could see even in their gatherings they'll say like no that is not right or that is not yeah. you know and it's like we're so afraid now to like to to just speak yeah. <laughs> to be know? shouted down we're, 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 it's it, i don't think it's always necessarily that we're afraid to speak just on its face it's it's we're afraid to speak to be shouted down so omar his his reaction to all of the difficulties, the abuses that he went through was to become tougher. Yeah. And for some people, this it's the opposite, right? Like again, we're talking, you're talking about polar opposites, right? Mm -hmm. Like he went the other way. He was at the, he was at the upper limits of assertiveness, right? Like let's just be fair. Yeah, yeah. Let's just let's just call <laughs> it. Because like, even the people said, right? Like people yes. commented on the difference between him and Correct, right? He wasn't just like like mildly assertive, right? Like he wasn't just kind of like yeah, you know. But he was on the upper levels of it, right? But but yeah. we still but we still need to learn from some of that, right? But other people they go to the lower levels of it where they just kind of get bowled over, right? And and the reality of it is is that we wanna we wanna try to be through the middle, but a lot of that comes from you internalize a lot of that negativity about yourself. You internalize the gaslighting of the other people or the blame of the other yeah. people. There's something wrong with me. So if you have a problem with what I'm saying, even if you're the one who created mm -hmm. the situation, it must be something yeah. wrong with me. It must yeah. be something that I'm doing here, yeah. right? Because I'm used to just internalizing that. And this is a complicated concept I think that we should come to one day. Um, when we talk about narcissistic injuries, mm. right? The narcissistic injury is not that you're a narcissistic person, me, 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 and you don't mm -hmm. care about anyone else, but in psychology, the narcissistic meaning like about the self, mm -hmm. right? Relating to my self-image and who I see myself as, as a person, who I understand yeah. myself to be. When you have an injury that affects who you see yourself as, as a person, the bleeding of that injury tends to be narcissistic mm. that nature where everything that happens is my is fault a, is about you what a person did or didn't do if they showed up or didn't show up if they took care of their responsibility or not if they're fighting with someone else or not if whatever the people around mm -hmm. you are doing it's somehow a consequence of what you did or didn't do even if it doesn't involve you if if my sibling didn't take care of what he needed to take care of for our mother, it's my fault. Mm. Why? I should have followed up with him. Mm -hmm. I should have done this. I could have done that. I, how can I have been involved in this yeah. where, where even externally, as a third person, I feel responsible, mm -hmm. right? And you get, yeah. when you have that negative perception of yourself, you kind of just pull everything in toward you. Yeah. That harms you. What happens. Mm -hmm. Right? Mm -hmm. So it's, we'll talk more about it in the show. Yeah. I know we, I know we 
But I think that's so important because I think people always think of like the narcissist, when they think narcissistic, they think of the personality disorder or they think of like the abuser, right? But when you're a victim of narcissism and you're a victim of gaslighting, when you're a victim of a narcissistic abuser, you still get that narcissistic energy because what the abuser does is that he makes you think that everything is your fault. Correct. That whatever's happening in the world, you are the center cause. And so Mm -hmm. you go out into the world and you think, okay, well then, you know, whatever exists that is wrong is, is about me. It's my fault, you know? And so not necessarily that you're, you're a narcissist where like, you're thinking like, Oh, you know, um, the world has to revolve around me. It's not like, it's not like that. So I just want to differentiate. Yes. But, but it's another kind of world revolving around me, right? Like the the world is revolving around my failures and my, my shortcomings. Mm -hmm. If the bus is late, it's because the universe hates me. Mm. (laughs) Right. Like it's, it's, it's that kind of thinking. thinking, Right. Mm -hmm. Uh, and so, so I look, I know we subhanAllah, we have so many other topics. topics to yeah. Allah, mm-hmm. But uh we'll stop here. I know we gotta stop here, Binila. We'll we'll come back uh next week yeah. mm-hmm. Thank you everybody for tuning in. Thank you guys. Uh, send us email, comments, whatever you need to do, suggest topics to us, inshallah. We're gonna, yeah, we're gonna start know. incorporating them in each of our episodes. Yeah. Sounds uh, good. Okay. Okay. Hi everyone.